Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's just kind of a, a fun take on it or a fun graphic or whatever, but it's been a pretty serious series and it's been pretty important, very powerful so far. In week one, we looked at what to do when you're losing control uh, because when we face trials of many kinds, uh, we feel stuck. And what do we do when we feel stuck? And we learn to accept the things that we cannot change, uh, but how to change the things that we can. I got a text last week during church uh, from a friend in my small group. I thought you'd want to laugh at this with me. He said, I finally listened to your message this morning at like 5.30. It, and then there's a couple words that have been autocorrected. I can't make out what he's saying. And I was going to say thanks, but I figured 5.30 may be a little early on a Sunday, which it would. And he says, seeing you reminded me, thank you. I said, oh good, last week's message was one of the most heartfelt messages I've done. Really what I feel, pray, and rely on to get through. God's word is good. Several minutes later, he sends back, that was really good too, dot, dot, dot. I guess I have to be more specific when texting a pastor. I meant your voicemail message from my birthday where I said happy birthday in 10 <laughs> different languages. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Anyway, and then last week, uh, Pastor Kelly uh, just gave us an amazing message on what to put our hope in when we're stuck. Seven promises that we can cling to out of the book of James because our hope is only as good as what we put it in. This week, I want us to see that when we're stuck, when we're going through something difficult, maybe it's beyond our control, uh, it gives us, though, the opportunity to align with our purpose for living. Sometimes when you're stuck, sometimes when life feels derailed, uh, friend, that's a good thing because maybe you were headed in a place that was going to derail anyway. And God has given you the opportunity to kind of wake up and think, man, what, what am I living for? What am I doing? What is my, what is my purpose? Is it, is it really worth living for? In Ephesians 5:15, it says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So how are we doing this? Are we, how are we doing with this? Are we being careful with how we live? Are we living wisely? Are we making the most of our time? Are we making the most <clears throat> of our opportunity? And you cannot do those things until you understand what the Lord wants you to do until you understand his purpose. And God has saved you for a purpose. I love this in 2 Timothy. It says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, from the common use, being fit to the mold of the world, those who cleanse themselves of that will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. I want that with my life. I want that with your life, that you can be an instrument 
of God's highest purposes. How are you going to spend the rest of your life? How are you going to, what are you going to focus on for the rest of your life? What does God want you to do with the rest of his life, rest of your life? Well, he wants to use you for his special purposes. What are God's purposes? I love that it's no secret. God is not playing games here. Some people think, well, I've got to go to the mountaintop or I've got to search under rocks or I've got to really investigate to try and figure this out. No, God, uh, he tells us over and over again in a variety of passages in many different ways. And this is really a DNA message of Rockbrook. I'm excited to give it to you this weekend. I'm excited for you to hear it. These are God, this is what God wants us to do with the rest of our lives. The first purpose is this. God wants me to center my life around him. He did not put us on earth to live self-centered lives. Instead, he wants us to live God-centered lives. God made you to love you. And when you realize that, you trust him with your life. And when you turn to him and love him back and trust him, you build your life with him at the core, with him at the center. God wants to be the nucleus of your life, not on the edge of your life, not a segment of your life, but at the very, very core of your life. One day, Jesus was asked, what, what's the greatest thing? What's the most important command in the Bible? And Jesus said, I can summarize it. He replied this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This is the first purpose of our life, to receive God's love, to love him back, to know God, to know Christ, to put him at the center of your life. The most important thing you can do is receive God's love and love him back. He did not make you, he did not create you and save you to let you loose and have to fend for yourself. He made you to live in a relationship with him. Now, this first purpose of your life, there's a word that sums it up. It's a theological word, a purpose word. This first purpose is called worship. Now, a lot of people think worship uh, just simply means singing. And singing is a great and powerful expression of worship it's a biblical expression of worship but ultimately it's an expression of receiving God's love believing it declaring it loving him back anytime you focus on God you're worshiping anytime you get your eyes off of yourself off of your problems and onto Jesus Christ you're worshiping anytime you talk to him listen to him you're worship worshiping is centering my life on God now here's the truth, everybody. Everyone will center their life on something. You may center it around yourself and be self-centered. You may center it around your career and be career-centered. You may center it around your family and be family-centered. You may center it around a political affiliation. You may center it around culture and whatever uh, is most important in the world that day. You may center it around money and build a life around financial security. Those are things to have in life, but they don't make a good center. They are not to be the most important thing about you or the most important thing to you. Anything besides God at the center of your life, do you know what that's called? That's called an idol. An idol. And God commands you are to have no idols, no gods before me. Do not make any idols. 
Why? Because when we sacrifice our life to an idol, we miss our purpose. Don't give up your life for an idol. Don't waste your life on the wrong thing. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's... Would you just drink this in today? How merciful God is with you. That in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And you can't know God's will for your life until you worship him. Until you worship him. This is the first and most important question of your life. It's this. What am I going to center it on? What is it going to revolve around? What's the center of my life? It's the most important issue that you decide, and it's the issue of worship. Now, let me give you a hint here. Nothing else is strong enough to hold you together. Anything else besides Jesus Christ that you center your life on, another religion, a life goal, a person, a movement, an activity, yourself, It's not strong enough to hold you together when the heat is on, when the earthquakes happen in your life, when things are crumbling around you. You have to have Jesus Christ at the center. This is what worship is all about. Friend, there is nothing more important in life than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is worth centering your life on. And God says, if you're going to live here on earth, that's what I want you to do. I want you to make me number one. Put me at the center. And when you come into this relationship with Christ to be known as a child of God, now you're in the family business. And number two, God wants me to learn to love his family. The whole issue of life is learning how to love God and learning how to love other people. Why is God so interested in love? Because God is love. He created you as an object of his love. Now, God's family is called the church, and uh, it's the only thing that lasts forever. Uh, Any other business, any other movement, anything else, it, it all fades away. The church lasts forever. And God wants me to love his family, the church. The best way to do that is to find a local church, get connected, and love it. To learn the 56 one another's in the Bible. 56 times in the Bible, the phrase one another is used. Love one another, care for one another, help one another, pray for one another, serve one another, greet one another, comfort one another. I won't read all 56, but where are you going to do that if you're not connected to the church to be able to do that? You see, there are several commands In fact, whole books of the New Testament that you can't even fulfill if you don't connect to a church family because God uses the church as a laboratory of learning how to really love. God says, if you love me, but you don't know how to love my family, he says, if you love Christ, but you don't know how to love his body, the church is the body of Christ. You're just kidding yourself. You can't love God and not love other people. The church is the lab for learning how to love. Ephesians 1.5 says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Now one of the things you're going to do in heaven is you're going to love the rest of those who have been adopted into his own family. And right now on earth, uh, he wants us to develop that character. 
Now, I'll tell you, it's easy to love people like you. Uh, you're wonderful. Uh, you're a lovely person. It's the people who are not like you that are hard to love, right? But God doesn't leave you here to live an isolated, insulated life. Yes, he wants you to love him, but he also wants you to learn to love the people who haven't learned that yet, to love unlovely people. Now, loving God's family, do you know what this purpose is called? You might write this down. This second purpose is called fellowship. You were created for relationships. That's why the very first thing God said after he created man is, it's not good for man to be alone. Everyone, this is why everyone has a longing to belong. We all want to feel connected. We have a need to feel connected to something. The Bible calls this fellowship. And it's not enough just to make God the center of your life. Friend, the Christian life is not a solo act. We're never, we were not meant to face life alone. Christ is not only supposed to be a personal Lord and Savior of our lives, we are to be connected to God's family. Now, how does God want you to connect with other believers? Well, uh, he gives us a very practical model in the book of Acts. Uh, this is the church at Jerusalem in the first century. And all these things that we see here are elements of worship. I wonder if you'd read it out loud with me. Those who believed were baptized and added to the church. They joined with the other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They worshiped together regularly at the temple and met in small groups in homes. Now, very specific here, I want you to note the order. First, it says they believed. They believed. God wants me to believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Now, every week at Rockbrook, uh, we rededicate our lives to Christ. Uh, this is why we worship him at the beginning of the week. We give him our week, and we give him our life. We dedicate our life to him again. And for some, it's the first time. It's the first time that they've believed in Jesus and dedicated their life to him. Have you uh, ever believed and centered your life on Christ? You can do that today when we pray at the end of, end of the message. Notice the next thing in the order. Next, he wants me to be baptized. To be baptized. Have you been baptized? We do this once a month at Rockbrook. You could be baptized uh, today. Maybe you weren't coming planning to be baptized, uh, but we'd love to help you with that if you haven't fulfilled uh, this step. Last night at the five o'clock, we had someone decide in the service to be baptized, and at the end of the message today, at the end of the prayer, you could get out and go to the lobby and say, I want to do that. Could you help me with that today? And we'll baptize you at the end of the service. Thirdly, they joined a church family, and we give the opportunity for this once a month at the first step of the growth track, and uh, we'd love to have you at that. Uh, this is the step of membership, of joining our church. We're also offering this on Zoom online this semester in our small group semester. Uh, so if you know someone who's watching online or if you can only attend online right now, uh, we'd love to have you at that and love you take, have you take a step of membership with our church. Now fourth, they committed to regular worship. It says worship and Bible study. It says actually the apostles' teaching. What's the apostles' teaching? That's the New Testament. They committed to, to worship and Bible study. We study uh, the scriptures. We study the Bible. And finally, they connected to a small group fellowship. 
which we're launching small groups uh, today. You can preview some of the groups are, that are out there. We're still getting information from leaders, uh, but at the end, of the end of the month, we'll start another semester of small groups. Now, let me just pause here and ask, which of these steps have you taken? Are there any you haven't taken? And if you've taken all these, uh, stay consistent in them. You're fulfilling the purpose of fellowship in your life. But this is not all we are to do. There is more for us. We're not just to do one thing. Uh, we're to do these things. And here's number three. God wants me to cultivate spiritual maturity. He wants me to become more like Jesus Christ. Did you know that you do not take your problems with you to heaven? I thought I'd get a better amen from somebody there. <laughs> but you do take you. Uh, you are going to heaven. You're taking your character with you. And once you're born into God's family, he wants you to grow in God's family. And he wants you to grow in knowing his word and trusting his wisdom, obeying his instruction, and developing the character of Christ, becoming more and more like Jesus. Listen, you're, you're becoming more and more like someone every day. Who are you becoming more and more like? Who better than your Savior, Jesus Christ, to think like Christ, to feel like Christ, to, to do Christ-like things? Hebrews 6.1 instructs us, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, maturing in Christ. This is the third purpose. By the way, if you want to write this down, what is this called? This is called discipleship. And disciple, this word, it's just an old word for learner or student. It's rooted in, in the word disciplines, of taking on uh, the disciplines. Disciplines of who? Of Christ. And God wants you to be growing in your character for your whole life. Some of us get stuck in life. We are stuck because what we were growing in could not last. It could only take us so far. But God has a lifetime of growth for us. And sometimes when we struggle, sometimes when we're stuck, uh, we see it for what it is. We realize we're growing in the wrong thing. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And look what happens. And you're overflowing with thankfulness. And we have a lot of ways here at Rockbrook uh, to help uh, be rooted and built up and strengthened in the faith. Um, we have the other steps of the growth track, of course. and We do studies in our small groups together. We have spiritual growth campaigns and 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, weekly sermons. Uh, since we're just on this point, I wanted to tell you just about a few things uh, coming up. The next series after this one that we're gonna start at the end of the month I'm calling it Refreshing Relationships. And here are some of the topics that we're going to look at this winter, this spring, is increasing the value of our relationships, letting go of the past, how to have a constructive conversation, even when the other person won't cooperate, or even when you're losing your mind. When others have turned to the truth, what do you do? How do you respond when you're put down or harassed or bullied? How do we be a disciple? How do we have relationships in this digital age? How to listen so your kids will speak? 
how to speak so your kids will listen, and how to have a love that lasts. Again, these aren't titles. These are just some of the topics that we'll be looking at in this next series. And if your small group wants to go deeper in those and discuss those, you're more than welcome to do that. I wanted to show you what our student small groups are doing uh, this semester. On February 3rd, this is on Wednesday nights at 6.30 here, uh, they're going to start with the question. These are the titles of, of their series. February 10th, The Promise, then The Prophecy, Jesus' Life, Jesus' Death, The Resurrection, The God Claim. Is Jesus the only way? Handling the question, who is Jesus? That's what they're looking at. Isn't that good, everybody? And then in Rockbrook for Kids, the small group pathway is built around the purposes of God. How to love Jesus, how to worship Jesus, how to belong to Jesus, how to grow in Jesus, how to serve Jesus, how to share Jesus. 2021, I believe, could be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. But this is not the end. There are not three purposes. There's more. You see, maturity is not an end in itself. And this is one of my favorite things about this church, that we fill up with truth, but it's to do something with it. We recognize maturity is for this. It's for this. God wants me to contribute something back. He doesn't want to leave you here on earth to just live for yourself, to consume resources, to take up space for a little while and then die. God wants us to learn to be unselfish, to be generous, to learn how to serve others with whatever he's given us, with whatever talents, what other abilities, whatever time, whatever opportunities we have. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says it this way, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. He says, God has given you a gift. It, now we call it in growth track, your shape, S-H-A-P-E. It's your spiritual gift, your heart, your abilities, your passion, your experiences, everything that makes you you and makes you unique. And we use it to help other people, to minister to other people. That's what this fourth purpose of your life is, giving back, making a contribution. Here's the word for it. The fourth purpose is called ministry, ministry. Anytime you help somebody in any way, in the name of Jesus, you have just ministered to them. You are a minister. Did you know in the Bible, it's the same word, the, the word for ministry and the word for service are the same word. The same, for, the same word for ministering and serving are the same word. The Bible tells us we are to serve God. Now, this was a surprise to someone when they introduced me one day. They said, this is my minister. And I said, well, actually, uh, you're the minister. And they, he looked back, he says, no, you're the minister. And I said, no, you're the minister. Actually, every member is a minister. We're all to serve. How do you serve a God who's invisible? Well, the Bible tells us clearly, we serve God by serving others. This is just, again, this is preparation for where you are going ultimately. In heaven, you're not going to sit around bored. There's stuff to do. God has, in heaven, you're going to serve. And we're going to serve God. We're going to serve each other. And you'll have a place of service uh, that you love. If you're unfulfilled in your career now, that's okay. There's hope. 
Because in heaven, God is going to have fulfilling things for us to do. Why are you still on earth? Jesus said it like this. If you want to be great, learn to be the servant of everybody. And one day we're going to stand before God and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? The talents, the abilities, the things I put in you. Here's the question David asked. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? What a great question. Have you asked that question? When's the last time you asked that question? What could I give back to God for all the blessings that he's given me? It's a powerful change in someone's life when they, go, when they move in their relationship with God from Savior to Lord. From sa- Savior, God, what can you do for me? To Lord, God, you're king. You are king of my life. What can I do for you? And have you ever asked that question? You know, we are all hungry to have our lives matter, to feel that our lives matter, that our lives have meaning, to have a purpose to live for. We all want significance. Everyone on planet Earth is searching for significance. Significance, though, it does not come from status. Significance does not come from salary. Significance does not come from security. And significance does not come from success. Significance comes from serving. And God has an ability to look through and sift through all the things we feel are significant. To sift through all the the salary and success and everything else and say, this person, this person is living a significant life. Jesus said, it is only in giving your life away that you'll ever really know what it means to really live. Where are you making an unselfish, serving contribution to the world? Where are you serving? Finally, there's one more purpose in your life. There's worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry. And finally, God leaves me here on earth to accomplish this fifth purpose. God wants me to tell others about his love. Somebody told you, Aren't you, aren't you so glad you just didn't have to figure it out on your own? <laughs> I mean, you didn't make up the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone told you. It might have been a parent, a teacher, a teacher in, in children's church, a pastor, a sibling, a friend, an author. My guess is it was probably several different people had to tell you about the love of God until you believed. So who are you going to tell? God doesn't leave us here just to enjoy the grace of God, his grace and love. He expects us to tell others. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. What's that mean? It's that you can have peace with God. You can have peace within yourself. You can have peace with others. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We have been sent to speak for Christ. We are on mission to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice God has given us this work to do. 
and the work is to tell other people about the love of God, the peace we can have with God. This is the fifth purpose for our life. What's the purpose word for this? It's called evangelism. Evangelism. Now, what does being an evangelist, what does this actually mean? What is evangelism? Jesus said it this way, you will be my witnesses. Now, you know, there's a big difference between an attorney and a witness. An attorney, that's the one who is presenting all the facts and making the case for a judgment, and they're trying to persuade, they're trying to convince. And Jesus says, I don't need you to go out and be my attorney, I need you to be my witness. My witness. You're simply to be, a witness doesn't try to persuade or convince, a witness says, here's what happened to me. Can I tell you where I'd be without the mercy of God? Can I tell you about how Jesus Christ saved me? Here's what I saw. Here's what I know. Here's who I was. Here's where I am. And let me tell you where I'd be without him. You are an authority as a witness because you're the only one that can be an authority on you. Nobody else can be your witness. And a witness shares their personal experience. It's called your testimony. The story of what God has done in your life. And you don't have to be able to win an argument. The Bible says we are to share the good news as witnesses. Where? Everywhere. To our family, to our work, to our neighborhood. It's a sobering fact to realize that every single person we know and every single person we meet is going to spend eternity somewhere. And the greatest thing you can do for someone is tell them what God has done in your life. And they may, they may reject it. Uh, they may need to hear it a few times more from some other people. It, it probably took you a few times to hear it. It was powerful the day I realized, you know what? There may be other people in that person's life who are sharing the gospel with them and praying that someone else would do it. And I need to, I need to do my part. Now here's the good news. All of these purposes, you don't have to do them by yourself. We'll help you. In fact, this is what the church is for. This is the purposes of the church. And it's more fun that way anyway. We'll help you, we'll pray for you, we'll work together. At our last membership class, a wonderful member in our church shared why they became a member. And this is one of the things they said. The first time we visited Rockbrook, we felt the genuineness, the authenticity, and realness of the people that were here. We loved that Jesus was taught as someone that loved the broken people right where you are in life. You don't need to be fixed before coming to church. We chose to become members because we want to be part of that kind of community that reaches out to others, lifts them up, and walks with them. We want to be those hands and feet that reflect Christ to those in our community. I love that. This is how Rockbrook for Kids says it. They say we belong Rockbrook for Kids, where we belong together to worship Jesus, grow in our faith, serve others, and share the story of Jesus Christ. I love that. That no matter how you say it, what age you are, where you are in life, however much time you have left, this is what God wants us to do. And I'll tell you, as your pastor for the year 2021, I want us to grow in these things. I want us to grow stronger through worship. I want us to grow warmer through fellowship, broader through ministry, deeper through discipleship. 
and larger through evangelism. These five purposes for your life. When's the last time you focused on any one of these? When's the last time you focused on these? And maybe you're just flat out stuck in life because God wants to get your attention and wants you to return to your purpose. I tell you, this right here, this is an adventure. It's an adventure worth living. It's the most fun you'll ever have. And when it's hard, when it's really hard, it's worth it. On your outline is one more, one more verse. This is my prayer for you this week. That as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. As your pastor who loves you, who cares about you, I beg you, don't waste your life. Don't ignore God. You know, those, those in our church who made a decision to live for God's purposes, they have the same problems as everyone else. They do. But those problems don't impact them the same because they've got something to, bigger to live for now. And those problems are just mere distractions because they're living for God. Let me pray for you. With our heads bowed, would you just follow me in this prayer, a prayer of confession and commitment. Father, I have to admit, I haven't always used my life the way you intended. I haven't centered my life around you. But God, I want to fulfill your purposes in my life. I want to use my life that you've given me for what you made me for. And so God, as best as I know how, I know I have a lot to learn and a lot that you're gonna help me figure out, but starting right now, as best as I know how, I center my life around you. I want to learn to love you, to learn to let you love me. I wanna get better connected to other believers in your family. I wanna grow to spiritual maturity. God, I realize I am growing to be like someone and I want to be like Christ. And I want to make a contribution with my life. I want to start giving back unselfishly. I want you to use me to start sharing your love with people who do not know you. Jesus, thank you for giving me my life. And Jesus Christ, I just want to say to you today, I believe in you. I believe in you. I want to invite you into my life today. I pray this humbly in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.